0: Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Oh, We doing well? Yeah. Come on. We doing well, church? Yeah. Come on. Hey, I really sense God's up to something. I really sense God's up to something. It's really cool, because um, I'm preaching tonight out of Psalm 23, and, and a big part of that. That scripture is about God's goodness and mercy, and that was what was being talked about in this, in this prophetic time. I'm really excited. I really believe this is on topic for what God's doing. I don't believe just because we're doing a youth takeover that we're going to be speaking about something do- different, because God is moving. Hey, God is moving. I really believe he's talking about focused faith. And we might use different terms or different sayings to get that message across. But really, God's just calling us into more. He's calling us to go deeper. He's calling us, hey, let's not get weary doing good. Let's not grow content in where we're at in our lives. Let's push for more. Come on, and that's not just, re- that's not just um, necessary for these Sunday services. That's in your jobs. Yeah. That's in your businesses. That's in your marriage. That's in your relationship. That's with your family. God's calling us, hey, let's not get content because he has more for us. I've called this sermon, this message, whatever you want to call it tonight, i am called it I Shall Not Want. Um, I couldn't think of a better name. Um, who's listened to the latest Maverick City Elevation Worship album? Yeah, a lot of us. Um, well, there's there's a song on there called I Shall Not Want. And I remember listening to that song for the first time. And, and I broke down in tears because I was just like, this, I don't know what this means, God, but you're speaking to my spirit. You're speaking to my spirit because I don't know about you, but this year for me, it's been a roller coaster of a year. I've been given opportunities. I've been um, led by the Lord in certain ways that, man, he's been, it's been tough in a sense you know um it's been tough because i've been feeling like you know god's giving me me more than i can handle sometimes he's opening doors that that i i wake up most mornings and i go how am i in the position that i'm in how am i working the job i'm working how how has god orchestrated these things together so so this this message that i'm going to share tonight it, it's not something that I've just whipped up this week. <laughs> it's not something that, you know, it was, it's, it's not just a three-point sermon. This is coming from my heart, and I really believe God's, God's been, been um, really speaking to me about this for a while. Um, firstly, if you don't know who I am, my name's Matt. I have the privilege of leading the awesome youth ministry here. I've been doing it for just under three years now, and I'm just passionate about God um, moving in young people's lives. You know, I was basically product of a couple youth leaders and also some other older fellas who um, just planted seed after seed after seed in my life. And honestly, among other factors, I wouldn't be here today without those people in my life. So I have such a passion to plant seeds in young people and to see them walk in what God's called them to, to see them dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. Hey, why don't we pray before we get into the message Dear Father, we welcome you tonight. God, we welcome you tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us. God, I pray that you would speak through me, God. I pray that tonight, every single person in this room, that they wouldn't just hear persuasive words, that they wouldn't just hear me speaking, God, but they would be imparted with grace, with strength, with fresh faith for the season they are currently in and the seasons to come. I speak to everyone's heart in this room. And I say, where you're discouraged, I bring courage. Where you're feeling hopeless, I bring hope right now. I declare to this room, I declare to you, person who's walking in here, maybe you're having a tough circumstance, maybe you're having a tough week, but I declare that the Lord is here to speak to you, to give you hope, to give you faith, and to give you grace. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you open up your Bibles? to Psalm 23, and I will wait for you while you get there, because I need to get there too. How good, how good. Hey, I'm just going to like go through it. There's a few parts of it that, that I want to speak on, that I want to bring out a few, a few principles, a few things that I believe can help us. But before we get into it, I just want to give a bit of context about Psalm 23. I was looking up and I was thinking, I was like, man, I wonder at what, at what time period, at what um, stage of David's life this psalm was written, because I believe it's, it's one of the most powerful psalms. And, and for me personally, it's been one of the most powerful psalms. But basically, the scholars say, the scholars say that they believe that David wrote about this this psalm specifically, they believe he wrote it around the end of his kingship, which I think is really important to know because what that says to me is that David wrote this with some perspective. David wrote this with some perspective. He was he was at the probably at the end of his kingship, he'd experienced a lot. And and what he's saying here, he's not saying it um, in the middle of like all these things happening. He's saying it, I reckon, looking back, going, man, this is a conviction. This is a genuine thing I've walked through, and I know what I'm saying when I write this song. I know what I'm saying when I write this song. So I just want to keep. I just want you guys to grab that, put it in your pocket, keep it in mind as we read. Okay, let's start just at verse one. It says. Say it after me. The Lord is my shepherd. I Say it again. Is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. (laughs) Is that Travis? (laughs) How good's Travis? What a man. What a man. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I want to quickly break down that first part. And I want to give you just off the bat three perspectives I believe that we can carry, heart postures, whatever you want to call them, three ways we can perceive that, that verse. I remember Trevor, um, oh, it must have been like a month ago, he actually came up and gave a prophetic word and he was talking about how, you know, we can look at this scripture and we can go, oh, the Lord's my shepherd. Or we can put ourselves in the scripture and we go, wait, no, the Lord's my shepherd. So maybe there's three ways. The first perception we can have, the fir- first way we can go is we can, we can be the person that stands there and looks to the left and goes, Oh, the Lord's their shepherd. Oh, the Lord's that person's shepherd. He's that person's shepherd. Or oh, he's, he's my sister's shepherd. He's my friend's shepherd. He's my mom's shepherd. But he's, he's not my shepherd. That's the first perspective we can carry, right? We can be that person that's like the grass is greener on the other side. You know, God's looking after this person, but they're not looking after me. He's their shepherd, but he's not my shepherd. That's the first perspective we can have. The second perspective we can have is we can, we can know God's our shepherd in our head, but not believe God's our shepherd, right? We can be like, oh, yeah, I know God's my shepherd. What are you talking about? Oh, I know God's my shepherd. I, I read that in the Bible like 50 times. I know He's my shepherd. Like I've got it here, right? And then there's a third perspective where we wake up in the morning when a circumstance comes, when we see something, a, a figure come in our bank account, and our response is wait, no, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. Come on, the, say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not looking left. I'm not looking right because I know, because I believe, because I have a conviction because he's done it and he will continue to do it, that he's not just their shepherd. I don't just know he's my shepherd. I have a conviction he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd, right? I believe, if we move to the next, I believe that's the context for this whole thing. It's every when you read Psalm 23 from the, the perspective and the conviction and the knowing in your heart that the Lord's your shepherd, this whole psalm makes sense, yeah. right? Everything that, that David's talking about, he can do because what? He has a conviction that the Lord is his shepherd, yeah. right? So if we go next to, chapter, to the next part of verse 1 where it talks about, I shall not want. I don't know about you, but I was like for ages like, what does that mean? What does that mean, I shall not want? It's like some Bible gibberish that that like, you know, it's like why can't you just say like it in an easy way? But anyway, I was I was one time, I was like listening to the song, and I was like, why is this speaking to my spirit so much? So I was like, I'm going to get into the word, and I'm, I'm going to get into this, and I'm going to really try and understand because there's something here. So I look, looked up in the um, Hebrew what the word want meant. So the word what in the Hebrew, it's pronounced like, core saw or something like that, and it literally means, like when David was talking about this, he literally meant, when he says want, he means to lack by implication to fail, right? To want is to lack, and then by the implied meaning of lacking is that you're going to fail, right? So when he says this, he's like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack anything, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack anything, therefore, I'm not going to fail. Therefore, I'm not going to fail. And when I read that, it gets my spirit on fire, because I know when I wake up in the morning and there's a circumstance, I can turn to God and I can go, you're my shepherd, therefore, I'm not lacking, therefore, I won't fail. Come on. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what your challenges are, but I believe God is calling you right now to go home or even in this service to, to get on your knees and go, God, I wanna have a conviction that you're my shepherd. I wanna believe that I'm not gonna fail because I trust you because you're my shepherd. Come on, can we get an amen, church? Come on. Come on, come on. All right, let's, let's continue to walk through the pathway of Psalm Twenty-three. So it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. All right, this is the one you want to focus on 100%. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, say it after me, I will fear. No evil. no evil. For you are with me. For you are with me. How how do we know that we can't fear no evil? Or why should we fear no evil? I want you for a moment just to think about your life. Because, you know, we all face challenges. We all face things that, circumstances or things that maybe we didn't think it would turn out this way. It might be small. It might be big. I think it's, it's relative to, to God knowing us. It's relative to the situation we're in. But, but I just want to read this again. And where it talks about, through, where, where it says valley of the shadow of death, I want you to erase that. And I want you to think of the circumstance you're facing right now. So it says, though I walk through provision issues. Though I walk through marriage issues, though I walk through a family member being sick, though I walk through maybe my son walking away from Jesus, though I walk through this issue, this circumstance, this challenge, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Come on, where does that come from? It comes from this conviction that God's our shepherd and he has given us everything we need in this season to to live in godliness and to live in truth, right? Come on, I'm not lacking anything. Come Come on, I believe tonight that this isn't just a hype message, that this isn't just something I'm trying to conjure up. I genuinely believe tonight that God wants to impart grace. He wants to impart faith. He wants to impart strength to you because I believe God's calling us to have this focused faith. He's calling us to take a step in this next season, to take a risk, to put ourselves in maybe a position where we can't do it in our own strength, that we need the provision of Jesus. Hey, I don't know about you, but maybe it's in your job. He's asking you to go for a promotion. Maybe it's in your friendship group. He's asking you to reach out to that person and tell them about Jesus. Come on, I believe there's something tonight. He wants to impart a faith He wants to impart a grace, a strength. And I'm not talking about feelings. I'm talking about the Spirit of God. Come on, I'm talking, you're having a bad day. And instead of turning to emotion, you get on your knees and you go, God, you have said for me to do this. So I believe that you're going to give me what I need to do it. Come on, when you have that marriage issue, you get down on your knees and you pray. When you have that financial issue, you get down on your knees and you pray because you believe and you know God's your shepherd and you shall not want, you shall not lack. He will provide everything you need according to his riches and glory. Come on, church. I believe he's calling us to take a step forward, to take a step forward and to put ourselves in a position, not an unwise decision, but a decision where we are actually living by faith, where we require him to move, where we require him to move, or else it's all over Red Rover. Come on, I really believe it, church. I really believe it. I wanna, I wanna share a quick, a quick story about uh, my personal journey. So I started youth pastoring just under three years ago. I was, oh, I might have just turned 20 when I started youth pastoring. Um, I, I was young. You know, I'm 23 now. I'm still young. But, you know, it was, <laughs> you know, youth pastoring at 20, you know, it, it was what I just said. It was a step of faith. I didn't believe I could do it in my own strength. It would like Jesus needed to do something or else I was going to fall over. Because that first year, we, I had the most crazy pastoral things happen. And I was 20 years old. Even Dylan will tell you, he, he came up to me, he's like, man, you're getting baptized in fire. Like. <laughs> This is like, you know, he's been in ministry for 10 plus years, church ministry, and, and he's saying that to me. So it's like, you know, it wasn't just like the 20-year-old was like struggling to get through. Like there were some hectic situations. And, and you might be sitting there and you might not, not understand that. But, but what you see here on a Sunday, it's, it's not the whole deal, Right. You know, there's a lot more that goes on. You know, Chris Valentin says that preaching on a Sunday is probably around 10% or maybe even like 5 or 10% of what we actually do as leaders in church ministry. And there's, there's a lot of hectic situations that I won't go into them because that's not the point. But the point is, is that first year, you know, I, took the, I took the role and I had some issues come up and they were hectic. And I was like, I, I, most mornings I would get up and I would go, God, I don't have the strength to do this. I can't do this in my own strength. If I'm going to try and do this in my own strength, I'm going to fall over. I'm going to give up because I can't do this. And I chose to stand in faith and go, God, would you help me? Because I need help. God, would you give me strength? Because I need strength. God, would you give me grace? Because I need grace. And I believe, guys, I really believe there's an invitation for every single individual here to take that step, to go, God, how do you want to use me? Put me in a position where I need you. Like I don't just like need you, need, like I need you because I cannot do this myself. I really believe God's, we're calling us. And it, and it might not look like here on a Sunday. It might, look, it might look like your job. It might even look like that thing for years you've been struggling with and you kind of like avoid it and chuck it under the carpet because you don't want to deal with it. But God's saying, hey, I want you to deal with that. I want you to go after that. Like it might be a marriage thing and God might be saying, I want you to go counseling. You know, it might, like I really believe he's, he's calling us to take that step. He's calling us to go, hey, are we, are we willing to put ourselves in a position where the only response is Jesus? Where the only response is Jesus? High schoolers, that might be God saying, hey, reach that friend at school. It might, it might look like, hey, I'm going to take a risk and, and, and I could lose my whole friendship group. They could turn on me. I could be laughed at, but God's saying, hey, are you willing to take that faith step? Are you willing to do that? Come on, I believe he's calling us to that. All right, third point. Let's just continue reading on. I'll, I'll recap that. So it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is the next part. Next part I want us to really pay attention to. It's the last, it's the last bit. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Say that after me. My cup, Runs over, it runs over. It doesn't just stay empty, it's not just half full, it runs over. Surely, surely, sure, come on. He's saying, Surely, surely, he's writing. He's, I'm imagining King David sitting there on his harp or whatever. He's surely because he knows, because he's experienced, because he's seen the goodness of God in action. That's his mindset. Surely, it's like. Surely the goodness and mercy of God is going to follow me. I'm not guessing it. I'm not doubting it. Surely it's going to follow me, right? So surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. I love the part where it says goodness and mercy shall follow me. Shall follow me. It's not just following me today. It's followed me. It's following me tomorrow. It's following me next week. It's following me the month after, the year after. The goodness of and mercy of God, it's, it's following me. I love the imagery of it, right? Just, just think about it for a moment. As he writes this, he, uh, he's, he's presenting this, Im- this imagery. It's like, imagine I'm the principal, I'm the, I'm the person here. Imagine Ooh, who should I pick? Who should I pick? I'll pick Jackson Miranda. Um, Sophia. Sophia. Jump, jump up. Jump up. Get up here. Get up here. Just think of the imagery. You say, goodness and mercy shall follow me. All right. We got goodness here. We got mercy here. Mercy, Miranda, goodness, Cleland. Um, That's her last name. <laughs> Imagine... Imagine, I, can, I believe you can have two perspectives. You can go, I'm going to be the person who hides behind goodness and mercy and goes, hey, until you go, I'm going to go. Whoa. Right? No, I need you, you too. I need goodness. Did I get that mixed up? Goodness and mercy, you, you two guys. I'm not going to do anything until you go. Right? Or we can have the perspective. This is what I think Dave is presenting. We got goodness, we got mercy here. And they're like, hey, you go and I'll fo- we'll follow you. Hey, you go, and we'll follow you. Come on, you take that jump. You guys are good. You take that jump. You take that step, and we'll follow you. Come on, church. I really believe God's he's calling us to say, hey, let's take a step. Let's take a step. And the promise that is in the Word is that goodness and mercy, it's going to follow us. It's going to follow us because God's faithful because he's our shepherd and we're not lacking anything in Christ. And because of that, we're not going to fail. Come on, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It just reinforces this idea to me that, you know, we're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. I really believe, and this might hit you hard, but we sometimes over-spiritualize faith. We really do. Faith is the assurance of that which is unseen. Faith, it can look small, it can look big. I really believe, you know, you might have a job that you hate right now. You might be like, oh, I just want to be on the pulpit. I don't want to be in my nine-to-five job. Oh, you know, Gosh, just be good and merciful to me by giving me a mic, you know? Like, seriously. But like God's saying, hey, why don't you have faith in that job to pay, put your best foot forward and do something with it? Yeah. It might be your marriage. You might be having all these issues. And, and, and God's saying, hey, just reach out. Just try to reconcile. Just try to communicate. My goodness and my mercy is going to follow you. Come on, you might have a son who's, 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 who's walked away from God and, he, and, and, and Jesus is saying, hey, have faith, keep praying, keep believing, and my goodness and my mercy will follow you. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, ever since I was 18 years old, every six months I felt like, man, I'm about to fall over. Because I just believe it's, it's simple. What is God calling you in your current context to take a step of faith yeah. with? What's he calling you? It's not hard. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. Only you know. Only you know. <sighs> Come on, real quick. Can I just get everyone to jump up? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, just put your hands out in front of you. If we could get some some music playing in the background, that would be really awesome. Hey, just begin to think about your life. You might be 12, you might be 60, you might be 80, you might be 40, you might be 60. Whatever age you are, whatever experience you've had, whatever context or circumstance you find yourself in, I want you to think of that. And I want you to ask yourself, what does it look like for me in this next six months to have focused faith? What does it look like for me to take a step of faith where I'm at? It might look big, it might look small, it might look medium. I believe the Holy Spirit is here right now and he, he wants to tell you what that is. If you know right now, That there is something that maybe you've been delaying or you've been pushing back or you've been chucking under the carpet that you know God's calling you to take a step and to have faith and and to put yourself in a position where you're 100% dependent on God to move. You're 100% dependent. If that's you, I really want you to be bold and I want you to take a step forward or if you're in the back, just come up the front because I really believe God wants to impart genuine faith, genuine grace, genuine strength for him to to actually do it through your life. So if that's you, I want you to be bold and I want you just to come up to the front and I'd love to be able to pray with you. So if you are in a situation where you know there's something in your life that you need to have faith for, that you need to take a step, where God's calling you to have focused faith. He's calling you to actually put yourself in a position where if God doesn't move, you know, you don't know what it's going to look like. If that's you, genuinely, I want you to come up to the front as a response to say to God, you know, I'm serious. Like, I'm actually serious. I'm taking this 100%. I want to, in those moments where it's hard, in those moments where it's difficult, I don't want to have a response of emotion. I want to have a response of looking unto you, of asking for that faith, of asking for that grace. And I really believe that the faith and the grace and the strength of God, it's measurable. It's measurable and it's tangible. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's an actual manifestation of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on. Can we just get some leaders around all these guys. And if you're up the back there, do you mind stretching your hands? I just want to share a quick story just to give you some faith right now. I was chatting with a fellow called Dan Leslie um, last week. He's on holiday and he, he runs a computer gaming store and God's just been going gangbusters with that thing. He's been multiplying it and multiplying it. And he was tired. He was really tired. Like he looked like he was about to fall over. And I got to pray with him. And just speak the faith, the strength, and the grace of God for him in this season. Because what he's done is he's taken a step. He's taken a step of faith. And he's in a position where if God doesn't move, if God doesn't give him something, he's going to fall over. But in that place, in that place is where God wants to come. And he wants to give us strength. He wants to give us grace. So as we pray for these guys, if we can get this music a bit louder, that will be awesome. I just want you to stretch your hands out and pray for these people who've responded. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au God bless.